All right, this is the podcast that we did about training. We do a live show every Monday night. This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, by the way. We do a live show every Monday night. We've been doing it on Blab. That might change in the future. So head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash SPM live. That'll give you whatever current link we are using when you're listening to this recording. And this live show is a replay of the live show we did on Blab, and it's all about training. We did a hiring training show a few weeks back, but we never really got to the training part. We talked about how you can find good employees and how you can onboard them. And now in this episode, which is a replay of the live show, we talk about how you can train them once you do find the employees that you want and how to train them for success and what makes them last longer. So check that out. Also, go to smartpizzamarketing.com. There you can uh, sign up for our mastermind course. We get together a couple times a month, hang out, hash some ideas together. It's a great place to meet other entrepreneurs just like yourself. Uh, throw some ideas around of what's working in marketing. And you get to ask me any marketing question you want. And I help you with your social media and your marketing. So go check that out at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. All right, that's enough for me. Let's just get right into this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Smart Pizza Marketing Live. I am Bruce Irving. I am your host with my co-host, Mike Ganino. Hey, Mike, what's going on? Hey, hey, hey. Good day. We are going to dive deep into hiring in this show. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about hiring. Mike's going to give some great tips on hiring. I'm going to ask him some questions because that's his his specific topic that he's really knowledgeable about and me, not so much. And then at the end, if you guys have some questions, I'm sure Mike will want to have hang out and do some Q&A at the end if you have any questions or a specific thing that you want us to cover. We're going to talk about training. Training, yeah. yeah. Oh, what, did I say hiring? Yeah. Not hiring. Probably touch on that a tiny bit, but more training than hiring. So you did that, yeah. So I'm excited about this. This is a question that I get asked all the time about hiring and training. I think it's the number one problem that anybody has in the restaurant industry is, you know, at least they think they have it, is how to find and train good help. But I think that a lot of good help is out there. You just have to really... Just like with marketing, you know, email marketing or Facebook or any social media, you really have to just practice at it, have a system for it, and just you know get better slowly. <laughs> I think. Yeah, and I think I think the other thing is is accepting the truth that there are you know change the way I feel and the way I act at work, the way I treat customers. If I'm worried about protecting myself versus taking care of everybody. Right. So how do you get started with that? Say you're a place and you want to really really focus in on training and building the right atmosphere so that way when new people come in they can be they can fit in but they can fit in in a way that you want them to fit in not necessarily maybe the way that your place is always run sure so i think outside if if we've if you've gotten clear on culturally where you are and where you want to be and it's like hey they're pretty close you know I think that's the first issue, which is a whole, that's a whole other topic. And we talked about that, I think, on one episode as well. That's what I typically spend my time with, uh, with brands on is, is culture and yeah. where are you now? Where do you want to be? So if you, if you feel like, oh, we're in a pretty good place, I just know that as I add people, I want to keep it good. Let's assume you're in that place. So let's assume that you're close to it, but there's sometimes when you bring people in, they start doing things that are, that are not helpful, that are unclear. So let's assume that that's the place versus you have a really broken culture and we've got to kind of work to fix that. So if that's the case, I think there's two places to start when you're thinking about your training. The first is to say, and, and I think there's also a question we have to ask in here. So the first is to say, what's bugging you as a manager? 
as an owner, when you walk in each day, what are the first things you look for? Is it that the case isn't set up correctly? Is it that the counter is messed up? Is it that the prep lists aren't getting done? Is it that things aren't clean enough? So what are the things that are bugging you right now? Because I think it's easy to say, I've got to do all the things. Right. And then we don't get started because it seems like it's like someday, somewhere, I'll have 27 hours free to work on training. No, you know, right. It's very overwhelming. Like you feel like you, it's like if you make a <laughs> daily checklist and there's 20 things on your checklist and you know, maybe you were busy during the day and you didn't do any, instead of just doing one or two, you're like, I'm just going to do them tomorrow. Yeah. You just yeah. got to push it up to the next day. And it, and it become and then it becomes stressful for you. Yeah. So then you as an owner or manager, you constantly have in the back of your head, I've not gotten this done. I know I need to do it. It's so important, but I can't do it. And then, oh, everyone sucks and the world is falling down and my customers don't get it and my team doesn't get it and I'm the only one and it's so overwhelming. That's not a good way to live. Hey, wait a second. Imagine. You just described my day today. <laughs> I'd imagine that that's not why most restaurateurs got into this industry was to feel that way. And so right. I don't think you have to. So I think it's start, start with what's bugging you. What are the big things that you say, oh, we need to, we need to clarify this. Then I think you ask, have to ask yourself, is training actually the issue? And here's how you figure that out. Is there a defined system? So when you talk about your counter, when you talk about your display, if you have a display of salads or desserts or something like that, is there a defined way to do it? Is it documented? Is there clear, like, this is how we do this thing? Is the checklist really clear? And it says, this is done by 9 a.m. each morning so that we know production. So I think first is, is there a system? If you were going to call me and say, hey, Mike, we want to work with you, would you be able to hand me something and say, yeah, here's, here's the rules. We, we have them down. We know what we want. If not, you don't have a training issue. You have a systems issue. Okay. And if you start trying to fix it by training, there's not a system to rely on. So if there isn't a way to count the drawer every day and put the drawer, uh, you know, your till and where are you going to write that information? And it goes here on this checklist. If that's not down, how are you going to train anybody? Do you find that that's in one of the issues that people find is they say, Hey, I trained this person to do this pizza or make this dish or do this job. And, you know, two weeks later, they don't do it the same way. Is it because that they don't have that system? Is that what you're usually finding? Sometimes, yeah. So then it's it's really hard to do it the same way. Everybody is doing it differently. Yeah. And then usually your your team your team leads or your shift managers, there's slight variations on what's expected. And then it also makes it really hard as for you as an owner or a manager to say, uh, you know, if I was coming to you and you were one of my team leaders to say, hey Bruce, like what's up? Like remember this is the way we do it. I came in today and I noticed the checklist wasn't done. What's going on? Right. right. It's hard to have that conversation because it's like based on what. Like, well, yeah, you, they're like, hey, you didn't, you know, you told me to do this this way. And then if there's, a, like you said, if there's a documented way, you have a system and it's, there's, you either did it or you didn't. It's pretty simple. Right. And what I found is that we like go crazy with documenting like the rules of service and the rules of cash, but we don't do that with anything else. Yeah. And it's like the reason that people aren't nice to customers is not because there isn't a rule for it. It's actually the rest of the stuff that's broken. And so what I find a lot is that in a handbook, there's all these rules about like when to show up, when not to show up. Uh, how to clock in, how to clock out in like the commandments for service. But then not a lot of thought about the rest of the stuff that allows me to give great service because I can know that everything's taken care of. So I think first question is, is there a defined system? If not, let's get that defined. The second is if there is a system and your people know it, like if you were to say, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll give you a million dollars. If you can tell me the system and they can tell you, now you have a management issue because okay. you've got the system down. They could tell you the right answer if you gave them a million dollar lottery ticket. They're just not doing it. 
that's not a training issue. That's a management issue. And we could come in and I could come in. You could have me come in and work with your team and train them on something. And what they're going to say the whole time they're in that class is, yeah, I know. I get it. I already know this. We learned this. So now you've got a management issue or you've got a communication issue where the way that you guys count the drawers doesn't really work right. The documented system actually doesn't work for some reason. And I've run into this a lot of times. For example, we had a um, certain way at a homemade pizza company when I was the director of operations there. We had a certain way that when people would apply for jobs, how you process their applications. When they brought it in, you put it in a certain spot and then you took it out and you did the first interview and there was a system. Well, then we started doing it online and then it was a different system, but people still came in. And so there was this mixture of things where there wasn't really a right way to process the application. Yeah. And so then people were getting in trouble like the, the trainers or the multi-unit managers would come in and say, oh, hey, you're not, you're not doing the applications right. And it's like, yeah, but half of the application is online. So I, do you want me to print it? And they weren't supposed to print it. So it's right. like, yeah, we hired this person and here's their screen form. And it's like, but where's the application? Well, it's online. Oh, well, you're going to be in trouble for that. It's like, wait a second. That's not a training issue. And then somebody came and said, oh, the trainers need, this is what happened. The multi-unit people, the district manager came to me. I was in charge of training and operations. They came and said, oh, the trainers suck. I don't know <laughs> what they're doing because none of the managers are doing it right. And I said, okay, cool. So tell me what that looks like. So I said to the trainers, hey, what's going on? And they're like, well, we did train them that, but that's not how it's set up. So they can't do it that way. And I thought, oh, we don't have a system. We have a system issue and a communication issue and a management issue, all three in <laughs> one. And it actually isn't a training issue at all. And what everybody wanted was more training, more training, more training but that's not what we needed, right? And so if you find that uh, your team isn't greeting people properly, or they're not, uh, when someone walks up to the counter, they're not upselling the right way or handling something on the phone, you have to ask yourself first, is there a defined way to do it? Is there a right and a wrong and a best practice? If not, figure that out first. And usually my, my vote for how to figure that out is to ask your team. Yeah. Hey guys, I wanna create some training and some tools around how we take phone orders Let's, let's document the best way to do it, what we all do, get them involved. The second thing is if you do have that and people still aren't doing it, but you could say, hey, Bruce, what's up with the way you answer the phone? Remember, we're supposed to do this, this, and this. And it's like, oh, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. Okay, that's not training issue because he knows the answer. Right. The issue is, is a management issue, which is a whole other show of how to get <laughs> feedback and coach people. That could be something too, like if you change something often, you know, and you're not a very good communicator, like say you make a pizza and you say, okay, you know, I'm going to make, make it a different way, but you only tell a couple people. And then the next day, the other people come in and say, Hey, what are you doing? You're not making it right. Well, no one told me that they were going to make it. That's more of a, a management issue. Like you said too, you have to make sure that you communicate that to every single person when, when you change something. Yeah. Well, and, and also realizing that that stuff takes time to get in. Yeah. So if you're going to change like, hey, we're going to change the way we greet customers. We're going to do this new way of these new steps or something. Telling somebody once is not going to, that doesn't mean it's done. It's saying, okay, we're going to roll it out. And what typically happens if there was a, a line of progress is you roll something out, roll something, roll something out. And everyone's here, 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 here. And then we stop training and talking about it and it dips right? Versus yeah. how could we keep that consistent going across? Now, if you have a system, but people don't really know what it is or how to use it, like what you were just talking about, now you've got a training issue. Okay. If you change things often and it's like, mm, I know that there's a right way to do it. I just, I don't know what it is. I can't remember. 
It's not really clear to me. I was confused. Now we got a training issue. Now we could talk about training. But if people know how to do it, but they're choosing not to, more training isn't going to make them do it. Right. Coaching is. Right. And if there is not a right way to do it, and then you're going to start telling people you're doing it wrong, based, based on what? You got to tell me what the right way is. So that's, that's my question for if you figure out what's bugging you, what's the big things? And write that list out. And if you're sitting in your... <laughs> so that happens all the time. All right, so Mike, you cut off. Where were you? I'll, I won't. I'll stop talking now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, the 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 power of blab beta. Exactly. Um, this is exactly what we were talking about. And the guy, um, I forget the CEO's name, but he even said that you know they might not come off of beta they he, for another year or two. Um, so this is going to be like this for a while, which is I don't. It's stressful. I know that everybody <laughs> kind of comes in here and joins, but I know I'm crossing my fingers every time eight o'clock comes and I turn on the thing and then once it goes good, I'm fine. But you know, I'm always a little bit stressed out at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so we were chatting about, you know, picking, picking the three, I think, look at the thing that's bugging you the most and maybe start there versus saying, I've got to get all my training, all of it organized and all this. The other thing I'd recommend as we get started, and then I'll tell you how to get started here in a moment is that you involve other people in the process. Like the people in the stores, two things will happen if you do this. One, you'll end up with better training because they're gonna say, oh, hey, I know this little trick and I know this little trick. And two, you're gonna do a gut check on all of your systems because your team will be like, hmm, this isn't really the way we do it. So then you could have a conversation, right? And one of the things that happens with hiring and training and the thing that I get in, brought in so often about is about employee engagement. Right. That's a hot topic. If you look at the uh, National Restaurant Association show that's going on right now, yep. I think engagement is in like seven or eight of the talks. Everyone's thinking about engagement. The funny thing is that if you sit down with your employees and you ask them questions and you ask for their help and they give you feedback and you listen to them, guess what you just did? You engaged them. Right. And yet we all want to find this magical thing, some survey, some book, some cure, some something that's going to tell us how to get better engagement. You get that by asking people for their input, listening to them and saying, hey, you want to help make this better. And I think training is a great place to start with employee so, engagement. So do you think people just overthink it too much sometimes? I think we want to – here's the deal, and I think this happens, and I, I can say this because I've been there, that we want to trade in our mirror for a better mirror. So if you think about what that means, it's like, oh, I'm looking at my employees and they're not nice enough. They're not right. clean enough. They're not something enough. They're not organized enough. They're not selling enough. And so we want to trade in all of those people and get new people who are miraculously going to do all of that. That's not the way it works. I mean, you're probably trading your pizza people for someone down the street's pizza people, and then they're going to go to the next place. I've rarely worked with someone in the industry who's like, yeah, I came out of, I came out of being a marketing person and I'd love to come make burritos for you. <laughs> They've often been a burrito maker at Chipotle right. who was unhappy with their schedule or something. And then they came to me and they're a great employee. And I've had people who've left me, who've gone on and worked many, many years at other organizations that do a great job. The conditions just weren't right. It isn't that they were bad or they were good or I was bad or I was good. It was the conditions weren't right. The culture wasn't right. The engagement wasn't right. And so I think so often we want to trade our mirrors because our businesses are mirrors for us as right. leaders. I believe that so much. We want to trade our mirrors for better mirrors. And that's just fooling ourselves. And so I think a good place to start is to say, stop buying all the books. Stop thinking except about Mike's there's some magical – except my yeah. book. You know, what's funny is it's so funny because I say this on stage and I say, you know, we're all looking for the, the uh, five habits, the seven tips, the nine secrets, the 11 strategies. 
things in the 13 top steps you need. And yet none of that's working, right? None of that is it. And so it's funny because I'm on stage making fun of all of it. And then I say, <laughs> and here's my four steps. Right. So, uh, but I do a tongue in cheek. So, make fun so of you're it. saying that, you know what, no matter what you're, who you're, I mean, maybe you have that bottom 5% of your employees, which is possible, but right. you're basically saying that no matter who you have for employees now, who's working for you, if you just engage them and see what makes them tick, you can make your business work. You don't need to replace everybody that you have. Right. And I think, I think the only thing, I think one of the big things you have to look for is if somebody doesn't care about the other people they work with, gone. Right. Bye. That one doesn't work because that one then creates a culture where people are not working together. They don't like each other. There's no trust. And when people don't feel that way, they start to get protective. If I'm protecting myself at work, it means I'm not taking care of customers. I'm not thinking about the business. I'm just trying to get through the day because we're all out to get each other. So if you have someone that's like that, they shouldn't be on the team. That's the bottom 5%. Otherwise, that's that bottom 5% of like, I don't care. And I had somebody say this to me one time because I said, hey, one of our expectations when I was running Protein Bar, one of our expectations is that we were friendly with each other, that we smiled and made eye contact when we talked to our coworkers. And she said to me, uh, and she was having results. There were results issues. And so we were having a conversation um, and she said to me, I don't come to work to make friends. I don't need to make friends. I have friends. I come to work to do my job. And I said, unfortunately for you, part of the job here is to be friendly. Right. And I'm not saying you have to like go to everybody's bar mitzvah and christening and party and this and that. I don't even care if you ever talk outside of work, but when you're here at work, the culture that we're building is one where we support each other and take care of each other. And if that's not interesting to you, I understand and I'm happy to say goodbye to you and wish you good luck out there. And she right. quit. She left. She didn't want to do it. And how that was, person should go. Right. And how was the reaction from the other people in the company when that happened? Were they happy? Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Because she was an she outsider. Relationship. Right. Outsider. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's, you know, what you saw shift was everyone else started to care for each other a little more because it wasn't like, oh, I'm working at the register with this one who doesn't care about anybody. So then I feel like I'm a goody two shoes if I try to help somebody out because she's so vocal about like, worry about yourself. Right. And so then we saw more people saying, okay, we could do this a little bit and we can, we can help that. And so I think if you have that person on your team, if you have somebody who steals, who sexually harasses, those are, those are violations that bring the team down. Right. That one's got to go. Otherwise, I challenge you to look deeper and say, where might I have some ownership of this issue and how could I change it? Right? Right. So my next question was going to be, what if it's a complete shit show? But you're basically saying that there's no such thing because, you know, you're, if you hold up that mirror and say, listen, you know, what you think is a, is a complete crap show here might not be. You just have to look at you might have a couple of those bottom 5%. You just got to get rid of them. And then everything can kind of change as long as your systems are in place, your management is good, and you have the proper procedures for that. And you, and you set an intention yourself. So I think if, if you are looking at it and you think, and I, and I you know. Hold on one second. Oh my, gosh, gosh. Uh, put my charger in. <laughs> I think if you today, most of my employees aren't great and we're not giving great service and we're not giving good food and we've had all these issues lately. If you're feeling that way, I think rather – Two things happen often. We want to go into the meeting and be like, everybody, this must change. We must do this. And I've never understood that if people aren't enjoying work and taking care of customers, why the right answer is to write a tersely worded memo and post it on the wall. People didn't forget to come to work and take care of people. The conditions created a world where nobody wanted to, where nobody felt good about it. And so I would say start there. Start with getting more, and this actually happens a lot when I start working with a brand and they say, oh, we've got all these issues with our people. 
we need to do something. I'll often start with, great, what does it look like when it's working well? Tell me what success looks like. And yeah, I was just going to say, what if they can't so, say, what if they don't know what it looks like when it works well? Does that mean? Yeah. And, and so then I say, so why are you surprised that they can't deliver that for you? Gotcha. If you had a pizza and I, if I got a pizza and I said, Bruce, uh, I want to order up a pizza. Send me a pizza. You're going to say what to me? What kind of pizza do you want? <laughs> right. If I say, I don't care. Right. I don't know. Just to make a pizza. I need a pizza. I need it here. And then you bring me a pizza. And then I say, I didn't want to pepperoni <laughs> like, pizza. Well, you didn't tell me you wanted yeah. that. And yet we do that a lot in our yeah, businesses. Yeah, you're right. We don't assume. Worry. We assume too much. Or we don't want to put a pin in it because we're scared that it limits us. Gotcha. So what I say to that is pick a specific time and date and say, hey, it's, it's uh, um, January 1st, 2020. And then describe as if you were floating above your business what your business looks like. If you don't give your people the directions, how are they going to know where to take yeah. it? And so that's, that's often an issue. And when we start to work on training, uh, that's usually background work that I'll do. So that's uh, some background things we'll do is start to work on vision and getting really clear about what kind of pizza are we making here? You know, because there's a lot of kinds of pizza out there. So what kind of pizza are we making with this bread? That's my metaphorical pizza. Right. Um, what are we doing here? Just the same as if I said to you, oh my gosh, uh, let's, I think we talked about this. We're talking about vacations. A great vacation yes. to you is maybe Disney with the kids. For me, it's going to, you know, Buenos Aires and drinking wine and having delicious steak and watching culture. If we're not clear on that, then why are we going to be mad at each other that we didn't get there together? Right. So that's number one issue. Then I think you start with, okay, so what's bugging me in my business now? You ask yourself, is there a system? Is there a system and they don't know how to use it? Then that's training. If there's a system and they know how to use it, but they're not, that's management. Get clear on that first. Now, if you've decided you've got training issues, here's where I think you start. You have four questions. And if you want to download a little guide to these, you guys can go, I'll put it here. You can go to mike.tip. Some of you already have this. Uh, hopefully it's been useful or hopefully you still have it. You go back to it. Oh. But if you go to mike.tips. Hopefully you're following up with those emails too. Yes, They're yes, good. yes. Um, I've actually got a very, I've got a very exciting thing with that. I've, I've got, um, I did a whole like mapping out of the next like few months. Good. So it all kind of fits together too. So if you go to mike.tips, you'll download this little guide. And it's these four questions that I think you need to start with when you start with training. Because what we think about is get a big workbook, get a big manual. And you don't really need any of that, especially if you're running a couple pizza places or something like that. You don't really need to do all of those things. So I think there's four questions. And I learned this from, a, from my friend Maggie Bayless, who runs Zing Train. And it's what's expected and by when. That's question number one. So what's expected of me and by when? Uh, that I know how to mop the floors, that I can speak about our uh, proprietary cheese blend, whatever the case is, what's expected and by when. So is it my first day? Is it my seventh shift? Is it my first month? When is it, what's expected by when? Two, what are the resources available for me for training? Is there a manual? Is there a video? Is it on the job training with a manager or a trainer? Um, how, is, how am I gonna learn this skill? What resources are available? If the answer to every single one of those is nothing, then you probably have a system issue okay. of like, you need to write some stuff down to help them out here. Um, but some of it's going to be on the job, right? If we're going to say, I'm going to show you how to wash your hands, that's probably on the job training with someone who teaches you how to wash your hands. The third thing is, how are you going to measure if I'm successful? So what does success look like? This is also going to help you define your system. Because if I say to you, hey, Bruce, uh, you need to know how to roll pizza dough um, by your fifth shift here. And the resource 
resources for you. We've got some photos and descriptions on the wall next to the rolling table. And then I say, I'm going to measure success if you can roll 10 pizzas in three minutes and they all fit the circles on the, the dough table. Now I figured out a system, right? You've got, you've got to roll 10 doughs in three minutes and they got to fit something. I've got right. a system more or less. So how are you going to measure if I did it or I didn't do it, if I was good or not good? And then fifth is the rewards and the consequences. If I complete all of these things, and I call it a training passport or a training checklist, just get together and put what's expected, by when, what resources available, and how, what does what is success look like if I do it, right? And then what happens if I complete the checklist within 10 days, five days? What happens if I don't? You start there. Okay. And I think uh, that's a great point you made. <clears throat> uh, it, and it sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like, you know, I have to write every single thing, but you do. It's like, it's called work, you know, it's not, it's not easy. You know, if everybody yeah. was going to do it and just do it and it'd be easy, then everybody would be doing it. That's why it's called work. So yeah. just like any big company writes down every single system in place. So you want to write down the system, how to do it. You want to write down what it looks like when it's done well. And then you want to write down what happens when they do it well or they don't do it well. Yeah. Yeah. What, am I going to get fired? Am I going to get a coaching conversation? Right. Do I get a raise? One of the things we did at Protein Bar was at the end of your basic passport, which were all the things you needed to know to be like a good team member. Um, and that took you like 60 days. So there was things you had to do to get out of training, which was your first two weeks. And your passport had to be done within 60 days. You got it. You got your first raise. Okay. So everyone started minimum wage. You got your first raise when you got there. So all the people that we wanted, we were growing a brand. We opened, you know, seven stores a year for a while. We really wanted people that wanted to grow with us. So we needed to encourage that kind of behavior. So what we found are the people that got it done quickly ended up moving along with us. They became trainers, they cross-trained, they became shift managers. And so that was one of our rewards was doing that. The consequence was at 60 days, if you haven't done it, you're not going to get the raise. And we're going to have a conversation about if this is a good fit for you and then set a new deadline to get it done. You know? Okay. And so what I would say, if you are looking at that and you're saying, wow, it's really daunting, this checklist with these four questions, is assign it to someone. There's probably someone on your team who said, I want more responsibility. I want to do more. I'd like to, this is a great task for them. And they're probably going to put more into it than, than you would, you know? So I would say, hey, this is worth 10 hours a week for three weeks or something, whatever the number is that's right for you based on your brand and how big you are and how much there is to do. And then have them outline this because they're also the ones that have to work next to people. So they know like, mm, people don't know how to do this. We need to get it clear. That's usually my method has been, hey, who's interested in this? And somebody raises their hand like, I'm really interested in helping with training. Perfect. Let's get you in right. here and show you. And you basically give them a sheet with four columns what's ex or five columns, what's expected, by when, what resources are available, how are we going to measure whether you did correctly or not, and then you'll come up with the rewards and consequences for your brand, whatever's right for you. And it might even change over time. You never know. Like, you know, those could adapt and change. Your first system is probably not going to look like your tenth, the tenth time you do it. It's going to adapt and change right. based on creating a system of what you think you, it should be done in your head and then actually doing it is going to be a little bit different. Right, right. And, and again, I think um, this is your chance to involve other people. It's a chance to start getting some stuff down because what will happen as you write that list is you'll say, oh, wait a second. We actually don't have a specific way we do this thing. And so we need to make that up. So then you make that up really quick. And then you'll go to the next five and they'll be all perfect. And then you'll get to the fifth one down and you'll say, ah, oh, 
I actually don't know what great looks like here. I need to define that for everybody. So it's actually a way to kind of get you to do that work without it being this big, like, oh, I've got to define success, but what's great dough rolling look like? Pick a number, 10, 10 doughs in one minute. Perfect, put it down and see what happens. So by, by figuring out that third thing, which is how are you gonna measure if I'm doing it successfully, that's like one of the number one tickets here because now you can define good and bad. You can right. say you're on track, you're not on track. You can give feedback that's not personal. Right, and then you have to follow up with it though. You have to say, hey, you didn't do that in the right amount of time or the right amount of way. And you know, have, right. be a, have your employees or your managers be accountable to that because that system's only as good as how much you implement it. Yeah. So one of the tricks for me uh, in there is that um, if say that you've outlined it and your training is going to be five days and I don't know, maybe some of you folks that do have training shout in there is your, is your standard training right now for a new team member, uh, five days, four days, three days, two shifts, seven shifts, 10 weeks, curious what you're doing. So go ahead and pop in there in the chat box and say, how long is your current training? Is it, you know, even if it's not formal, even if it's informal, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will probably you? say, uh, you know, a week or two. They probably don't know the exact amount of time or days or hours, or maybe it's a amount of hours, 30 or 40 hours, depending on how many hours they work. And that could be in two or three days. And one of the great things about doing this checklist is sometimes you might be able to speed up training because you'll say, wow, you actually came here and you've worked at five other pizza places. So you're not as worried. You can actually get the dough done quicker. So we could check right. you off that in day one. You don't need seven days. So you could save some money there. You could customize. And then as a as a trainee, it feels super customized. It's like, oh yeah, this place, this place is letting me show what I know how to do because I know how to sauce dough really fast because I worked doing that for so long. Um, and and you'll and you see that with people who've had experience, not experience, they'll be able to do things quicker. So having a method like this where it's maybe like, yeah, we have a checklist of a hundred items, and in general, we think it should take you two weeks. Right. Some people might be done quicker, right? People probably, cool. people probably like to so have much. a system too. They like to come into work and know what to expect and not have to be, you know, worried about what they're going to be doing that day. If they know they got to come in and the day is going to go by because everything is kind of laid out for them and they have a process and a system in place, it probably makes the work environment better. It totally does. And, and actually there's a ton of research that supports that. So like the Gallup organization that does all these polls, one of the number one things people want when they say they, they like their workplace and they know they can do good work is I know what's expected of me and I have the tools to do it. So if I start a new job, everybody's nervous. And if you're doing a good job hiring, if you're even doing a mediocre job hiring, people aren't starting and saying, I hope I'm the suckiest <laughs> person at this. Yeah. says that. Um, I hope I have a horrible work experience right. here. People don't say that. We want to blame that. We want to say the millennials. We want to say this and that, but it's just not really true. Right. That's just not true. That's that's us projecting that because we don't know what to do. And guess what? They said the same thing when we were growing up. They said the same thing about the generation yeah. before. They said the same. It's always been the case. It's what we do when we don't understand that the world is changing and we need to adjust. We blame it on the yeah. young people. So what I think is great about having a system like this is then people will know what they're supposed to do in the beginning. You can sit down with them when you hire them and say, hey, here's our checklist that I've put together for you. And let's run through this. Let's talk through how this is going to look. You've got about two weeks to get it done. It'll clarify. We're going to hang it on this wall over here and we're going to check it off and sign off together. So my trick, if you're like, wait, so as a manager, as a trainer, I need to make sure I'm doing it is make it so that it's hundred percent, both people's responsibility. Sometimes we're like, it's 50% my responsibility and 50% yours to get something done. I think it's 100% your responsibility and 100% my responsibility, right? 
just like this show, right? It's 100% my responsibility to show up uh, today to have this content ready. It's 100% your responsibility to show up and have questions based on what you know the audience thinks. It's not 50-50. It's 100 and 100. And so how I do that when I design training is I build it into the trainee's checklist that the trainer or the manager gives them feedback. Because no trainee is going to come and say, hey, manager, can you give me feedback? Right. But if it's on their list of like, you're not going to get signed off for day one until you go ask for your feedback session. And they come and say, hey, I want to get my raise. I want to get my new shirt. I want to get my hoodie. I want to get whatever it is that you give them, better shifts, better tables, whatever happens at the end of training, which is why there needs to be a reward and a consequence. They'll come and they'll say, hey, on the end of day one, I'm supposed to get feedback. Is that with you? And then that's right. the trigger for you as a manager to be like, oh yeah, I am supposed to do that. So you put it on them as well as you to give the feedback by adding it as an item on their checklist that they have to get checked off by you. They're gonna come and ask you for it. That's a good point. So it could be either way too. So it could be say day two, it's learn how to roll dough balls. They could be on both people's lists. So on yeah. the trainee, it's, hey, I'm, I'm supposed to learn how to roll dough balls today. Who's gonna teach me? And on the trainer, yeah. it says, okay, you're, it's your day two, you're supposed to learn how to roll dough balls. Let's go do that. Right, right. And then the feedback part, which is the important part, which doesn't happen. We like wait until they're done with training and then we're like, oh, hey, on day two, you did this thing weird. So don't do that again. Versus I think <laughs> it should happen every single day. My easy method that I teach is uh, at the end of the shift, before someone leaves, you put it on their thing to say day one feedback wrap up. You put it right on their list, right? So it's there. You've got to check it off. They're going to say, can we do my day one feedback? It's right here. And then you simply cover uh, two things. You ask them, so tell me about your shift today. What did you like best? And what do you want to do different next time to be even more effective? And then you, what's great is if they tell you, well, I thought I did a really good job greeting customers and being really friendly. And I kept forgetting table numbers. So I know I need to study my table numbers. Guess what? If that's what you thought, all you have to say is, you know what, Bruce, I agree. I saw both of those things too. How can I help you with the table numbers? They don't have to be the bad guy. You don't have to be the jerk. They gave it to you. And it's super easy to get feedback because we shy away from giving feedback because we don't want to be the bad guy. But the worst right. thing is not to give the feedback and then to fire them in two months because they didn't do it right. That's the worst bad guy because you never even gave yeah. them a chance. So put it on their list. And then when you're giving feedback, cover two things, LB, liked best, and next time, NT. LB, NT, liked best, next time. Super easy. And if you really want to make a cheat on the sheet, just say, review day one feedback LB, review day one feedback NT. Then it will really ensure that you do it. And it's the super easy way. This will be recorded. I, I think I have the recording going here. So we'll, uh, Mike will be able to recap this and you can listen to it later because I know Mike's, we're kind of going quick here. So if you're not taking notes right now, you can definitely go back and listen to this later because those are some great tips. Um, I want to know if anybody has a system, if anybody can hear us. I'm not sure if anybody can hear us because the lab's going crazy tonight. Um, if you're watching this, put yes or no if you have any kind of system when it comes to training like Mike described. And uh, not yet, no. Some. I think that's the major problem. Like, I think that they don't have a system in place. And it's hard to tr- it's hard to find good help, like you said, if there's no kind of system for them to know if they're good help or not. Like, I, I don't think – I think that you may think they're not good help. And maybe they don't think they are either because they don't know what good help looks like. Or the issue comes that they think they're great. And this happens, right? We think like, oh, these millennials are so entitled. 
Well, they think they're great because we're not giving them feedback otherwise, and they have nothing to measure. So if, if, if you were going to measure me on, hey, did we, did we drive far enough today? I don't know. How far were we supposed to go? Because right. I drove 10 miles. Wasn't that far enough? And if you think, no, we're supposed to go 400 miles. Oh, crap. We have an issue. The issue is not me caring, me dreaming, me being passionate enough, me having a work ethic. The issue is you had an expectation. I didn't know it. So I delivered what I thought. Yeah. And then now you're mad at me. Now I'm mad at you. You're mad at me because I didn't go 400 miles. I'm mad at you because you didn't tell me how far I needed to go. And I thought I did a good job. And then you told me I sucked. That's your fault. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think Jolt Up is a fine folk. Uh, and if I, I saw a video that fine folk did. I don't know if it was on Instagram or something where they actually time people for how fast they can make pizzas and not necessarily how fast, but how efficient maybe I should say it wasn't about, it wasn't about speed, it was it. about getting efficient. Um, and then it's great if fine folk says, okay, here's, here's where we know right. success lies. Success lies if you do it in five minutes, one minute, you know, obviously five minutes, <laughs> long time, but whatever the case is. So when I was running homemade, that's what we had. And so during new store openings, right. if you want to grow, we were able to time and say, we're ready to open because everyone's nailing it. Or we would say, we're not ready to open. We're going to open anyway but the trainers are going to roll right. dough because we're not ready yet. And then the trainers didn't want to roll dough, right, right? right? They wanted to train. So then they're like, shit, I got to get my people together. Yeah. And it forced them to do that. Work. Yeah, a couple of people had jolt up. I actually had, uh, uh, I had Eric from jolt up on the show previously. That's a great system there. Um, and uh, DC's pizza says, what if you feel you have good workers? Actually, you know what, Mike, is that good for now? We can kind of go into Q and a, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm cool. Right. I'm cool with it. So two things really quick. Uh, this, if you didn't already, uh, go to mike.tips, T-I-P-S, mike.tips, and you'll be able to get on my mailing list. And the first thing you'll get is uh, the four questions that we talked about. And then this Sunday, you will get an article about the liked best next time feedback method. So the super easy way to start getting more feedback going on and how you can use it for meetings, for coaching, for managers, for everybody. So that's coming out on Sunday. Um, but if you haven't joined already, then go to mike.tips and I'll send you the four questions right away. And then Sunday, I will be following up with a little a little article about the like best next time feedback method. Okay. Speaking of feedback, I think that will go good too when someone needs a raise because I'm sure that there's that awkward moment that every business owner goes through where maybe you are not avoiding talking to somebody because you know they want to ask for a raise and then that employee knows that they want to ask for a raise, but there's no communication there. And there's always that weirdness that goes on between the two and if you just have open communication that'll never be the case you know they'll know what to expect they'll know when they expect to get a raise because they've achieved these certain goals and you'll never have that awkward moment where you know someone wants a raise but you don't want to give it to them because they know whether they did the job or not yeah and if you do the training checklist or the training passports yeah. you can tie raises to that over time so you could say your initial one is maybe you don't get a raise, but you've got to get it done in five days. Then you could be cross-trained to learn these five things. And when you do that, you get a raise. That's yeah. um, Nick Cirillo from Nick's Pizza in uh, suburban Chicago. He has a system like that where there's like, it's like college. And we did something similar at Protein Bar where there's like 100 level. And then you could cross-train and go here and go there. You could become a trainer. And so it was all about instead of me liking you and saying, I'll make you a trainer, your anointed trainer today. You actually had to go through qualifications on the yeah. training checklist. If you wanted to become a manager, you had to complete the courses and the training and the information to do that. And so that's a really great way to also uh, move that conversation out of. I like. Yeah, you, I, Nick, like I think Nick was, I had Nick on the show. We talked about that. I think it was episode number 37, if I do recall. Um, yeah, he had a great, I think he calls it like quarterback or rookie 
veteran, you know, and then he says, you know, he even goes up to his employees and says, Hey, when are you going to become a quarterback? And they're like, Oh, you know, I know I got to go do a couple more things and then I can become a quarterback. So he, yeah. he throws it all on their shoulders, not his own. Well, and it's so great because it puts the hundred percent on me and a hundred percent on you, right? It's a hundred percent on me to design it. So when I was running, uh, when I was running my group and we had, we had 15 locations, we grew from one to 15 in three years. Um, we had 100 level, 200, le we had 100, 101, 200, 201, 300, 301. 300 was trainer. So you were a certified trainer in your store. You could go on the road and open new stores. You could uh, get uh, extra pay for teaching certain classes like our service workshop and things like that that we taught regionally. And the great thing is when I would go into a store and someone would say, hey, Mike, like I want to talk to you. I want to make some more money. It's like, oh, great. Let's talk about it. Uh, take out your passport. And it was like, ah, oh, I didn't. I just wanted you to give it to me. And it's like, hey, I want to give it to you. I love to. So let's talk about your passport. And then we had a really great conversation about what can we do to get you through all of right. this versus I don't like you enough or I don't want to like you enough to give you a raise. It was how can we get you through the certification? Much and think about yourself too, as an entrepreneur or any business owner, like you don't just get a raise, you know, you don't just be like, yeah, you know, I feel like making more money today. Let me just put some more money in my pocket. You know, you have to actually go out there and build, build your business. Right and grow sales or cut costs and you know your employees need to feel like that too and if you let them do that they'll they'll have that same entrepreneurial spirit even though they have a job yeah, um so dc's pizza says sure. what if you feel you have good workers but no teamwork sure so i'm gonna read into this and say uh maybe individually everyone's like uh, doing well but they're not working together i'm not entirely sure so if you want to put some more notes dc's pizza uh, go ahead and i'll just start riffing a little bit i think the thing to look for there is to say how are people rewarded and how is work assigned so everyone does a good job on their own but they're never working together so how are they encouraged to work together it's like on a sales team right if i was working with the sales organization and they said i want more teamwork i would say show me your commission structure everyone's earns commission on doing their own work so why would I work together with someone else if that's right, not right. how I'm paid or that's not what's encouraged? So in a pizza place, um, and DC's Pizza, are you counter or do you have tables? Or is it all counter and takeout? Or do you have like waiters and, and stuff taking orders at tables? Um, so answer that as well for me, please. So basically, I would look at it and I would say, what are the things that I've encouraged people to do together? If I was getting training organized, I would say, hey, are there three people who want to work on this together? Right? I would look at the end of shift meetings and say, we're going to start to recognize each other for some of the things. If you have core values or guiding principles documented at the end of all your meetings, I would say, okay, guys, we're wrapping up our meeting now. So it's time for appreciation. So, Hey, anybody, have you seen anything great? And then Bruce would be like, Oh, I saw Mike do this thing that I thought was really great. Blah, 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 blah. So it's kind of like you have to create the conditions that people would do things for each other and take care of each other. Um, counter delivery and takeout only. Okay. So I would look and see, are people only rewarded for doing work individually? Are there chances for them to do things for each other? Um, are they training each other? Is all the training coming from management directly to them? Uh, if there are people who are gonna learn, like I'm gonna learn counter, but now I've gotta go learn back of house or something. Yeah. Are you allowing them to do that with each other and help each other out? It, and the other number one thing is decision-making. Often we go away in our, in our office and we make all the leadership decisions and we come back and tell people, this is what you're gonna do. Um, a lot of good stuff happens when you do that with the team. You can still be the boss. You can still say, hey, I've heard everything and this is the direction I want to take. But getting them to like work on stuff together and iterate and in your shift meetings, coming up with ideas, that'll encourage them to start to talk that way with each other. And I think in a, in a, 
DC's case, it might be the, uh, you know, when you have that delivery inside, they almost feel like there's two different places. You know, the delivery drivers are one part of the business and the inside workers are uh, a different part of the business. Yeah. And maybe the delivery drivers do a different job and they say they shouldn't do the inside workers job and vice versa. So you really need to come up with a way where it all integrates. Like if you're a delivery driver, you still answer the phone or you still cut a pizza. And if you're a inside worker and you have a vehicle, maybe you take a delivery once in a while. So it's not just you versus me when it comes to the inside workers. And that'll kind of take away that um, division when it comes to the two separate areas. Cause I see that a lot of times when it comes to uh, delivery pizzerias is they have that delivery drivers are one, one area and inside workers are another and they don't communicate or work together at all. And some of that sometimes comes down to the pay structure. So yeah. if you're having your delivery guys and they're independent contractors, then you can't really have them do anything. So that ends up being a little wonky as well. Um, yeah. But hopefully they can Yeah, it's harder and harder to do the, the the pay structure like that, especially where I am. I'm in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, you have to pay them a certain minimum wage. So you really have to kind of pay them hourly regardless of what you do, or mm -hmm. they have to make a certain amount. So it's, it's getting trickier and trickier. But that definitely could be the case. And I know that's probably the case of if that is an issue, that's why. Because the drivers probably get paid as independent contractors or by the piece and they don't feel like they uh, – or maybe not they, they don't feel like they should answer the phone. It's just not part of their job description. And But maybe that goes back to the manager of not doing a really good job of clarifying that to the people who do work inside mm. and not communicating that to the two different parts of the business. For sure. Um, DC says, I include them all on any change in the shop, menu changes, et cetera, make them feel involved. Cool. Perfect. It sounds like you're doing a lot of the right stuff. Um, and so I would, I would, you know, it's sometimes hard to diagnose from afar. And probably like if I hung out with you guys, uh, would get a chance to, to see some of those things. Um, Facebook Live, your day, and then shoot it to us. We'll, yeah. we'll help you out. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, any other questions for us? I have a question for you guys. There, what, those who are using Jolt Up, that's a great service. I think that's a great – how did you find that? How did you find Jolt Up? I don't know what Jolt Up is, by the way. What is Jolt Up? Uh, Jolt Up's like a – it's an iPad-based, almost like a checklist system, but you can use it for – your checklist, you can have them clock in, you can assign tasks with times and it can, um, Oh, got it. It's pretty, pretty useful stuff. It's actually a guy who started, I think it was like an ice cream place and he started an online service. And it's really, once you, the hardest part is creating the checklist in the systems. That's like, it's just like we're talking about the upfront work. Everybody doesn't want to put, do all that upfront work upfront. But if the people who do do that, you, you know, it works out for them well in the end. And, and uh, Jolt is kind of, like that it's hard to set up and it takes a while to set up to get it to work with your system but once you do it it makes life so much easier it's basically everything you're talking about in this podcast on an ipad got it that's cool i love that yeah and you can add videos and you can take pictures and you can put qr codes it's actually a pretty cool software yeah very cool um yeah i think uh sean rendazzo from detroit style pizza mentioned that in the podcast episode early on that's kind of how i found it mm. Nice. Um, any other any other questions for Mike or myself before we uh, it's nine oh two here before we call it a night. This was a very informative podcast episode. I recorded it. The video will be up later on in the week. Kind of go check that out. Um, so if anybody doesn't have any other questions for us, we'll uh, call it a night. Mike, anything else you have to add? Any anything you want to send them to? Um, no. Yeah, you can go to Mike.tips and, and download that and. Um 
And then, uh, ooh, also one of the things that I, one of the things on my list was how to do quick YouTube videos for your training. So that'll be- Yeah, that's a question, just now. Yeah, that'll be not this week. This weekend will be on Sunday, I'll send an article about giving better feedback because it's part of training. You need your trainers to do it. You should have your team do it all the time, just getting more talk going each way. Um, and then the week after that is a quick little tips for getting uh, YouTube videos started to organize your training for your um, for your team, so that'll be in two weeks. Yeah, there's a. Uh, I mean, YouTube. Do you suggest people put their videos on YouTube? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of settings. So I think I think you can put it on YouTube and then make them private. Um, yeah, and then you can put them all on one page. So what I saw somebody do recently that I was talking with was they had a bunch of videos and then they had um, in Google Docs they had different pages that were. Um, basic training, dough rolling. So they had different just Google Sheet or Google uh, Google page, which is like their version of Word. And on that, it had all the videos for how to roll dough, how to sauce dough, how to do this. Then there was one on store cleanliness. And then there were three videos on store cleanliness. So they had to organize very simply. Um, and then on their checklist, on their training checklist, there was just a link to watch this video was the resource. So in the, one of the four training questions I gave you was, what resources available. They just included a link to the video of how to do it properly. And they were just right. low budget. Nobody needs them to be fancy. In fact, yeah, no. with all of the stuff going on with video, um, fancy isn't really even that great anymore for purposes like that. It's better to be like, oh my gosh, that's the dude who works here. I saw him and now he's in a video training. Very cool. And you probably that's have team members who could do it for you. Yeah, you can do it with your iPhone. You don't need any fancy cameras or technology for that. Be like, that's Mike who comes on the Smart Pete's Marketing Podcast every Monday. I know him. Like Buddy the Elf that says to Santa, I know him. I know him. <laughs> um, all right. So I think that's going to wrap it up. Obviously, we're going to be here next Monday night at 8 o'clock as long as Blab cooperates. <laughs> um, but it did a good job tonight. We had one little issue. But other than that, it was pretty good. So thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Hopefully – you enjoyed the show and you got some great information out of it. This pop, this episode, the video and the podcast will probably be out Thursday or Friday. So check for that for the replay. Um, go check out Mike's website, mike.tips. Um, go check out Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and the website. Tons of free stuff over there. Lots of great interviews. And All right. Thank you so much for listening to the replay of our live show on Monday night again. The link for next week's show is smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash SPM live. Join us at 8 p.m. Eastern time every Monday night. We do a live show with a guest or a particular topic to help you grow your business. So this show is brought to you by smartpizzamarketing.com. Head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. Learn everything you need to know to use social media and marketing to grow your restaurant or pizzeria with the podcast, the blog, mastermind, the courses, the free social media checklist, the 15-minute free social media strategy session, all that good stuff is over at smartpizzamarketing.com. And thanks to Mike Ganino for joining me again as the co-host of the Monday Night Live show. Hopefully you got some great tips out of this replay of the hiring show we did live, and you can join us live next time. See you guys.